0: Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by Dr. Michelle. I first met her three years ago when we both had our books for sale at the Redemption Press booth at a conference. You are going to glean so much wisdom and insight from her today. Her most recent book, Breaking Anxiety's Grip, How to Reclaim the Peace God Promises, has helped many people struggling with anxiety. Dr. Michelle, welcome to the Fully Restored podcast. Thank you,
1: Kristen. What a delight it is to be back together again.
0: It is. So Michelle, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do and your family?
1: I am a board certified clinical neuropsychologist, but I'm also a national and international media expert on mental health and a speaker and an author. But actually, the label that I love the most is wife and mom to two young adult men.
0: Well, that is wonderful. And you recently just moved. So there's a lot of shift and change that's happening in your life right now. And I can
1: relate to that because God picked us up from our home in Dallas and moved us a thousand miles away, not telling us yet why we're going to be there, but we moved in faith and obedience and we're looking forward to seeing what his purposes and plans are.
0: Yes, my husband and I did the same thing five months ago, he picked us up and moved us from the West Coast here to Kentucky. And we are waiting for what God has as well. So I am so glad to have you here as part of our overcoming anxiety series here on the fully restored podcast. Can you briefly just tell us about your fully restored story with anxiety and depression,
1: depression and anxiety run deep in my family. When I was growing up, my mother was depressed the entire time I was in the home. But Kristen, we didn't know that's what it was at the time. We just thought that's how she is. And looking back on it, she struggled for decades with depression, as did her sister and her mother. And then on the other side of my family, when we go to family reunions, it's kind of like walking into a walking anxiety disorder. Anxiety runs prevalent on that side. And I would have to say As a neuropsychologist, I understood the medical aspect of it, but until I went through depression and experienced anxiety for myself, I don't think I really had the depth of understanding that I do now. I went through about where I became very physically ill about a decade ago and was kept alive on IV hydration. And nutrition. And I went from 113 pounds down to a skeletal 74 pounds and was on medically induced bed rest for five months. And the longer that I remained on bed rest and the longer I was sick, I had to have two surgeries and recovery was long. And the longer that went on, the more depressed I became. I wasn't the doctor anymore. I couldn't see patients during those five months and I could hardly be a wife or a mother. And I remember crying out to God and saying, if, if this is what my life is going to be, I'm not sure I want to keep on living. But Kristen, in his grace and mercy, he used such a devastating time in my life to help me understand that there's more to depression and anxiety than I understood even as a doctor. And it helped me understand that nobody's immune because we have an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's after all of us. So it didn't matter that I was a Christian. It didn't matter that I had all this alphabet soup after my name. I was still a candidate. And what I realized is that I tried all the things that I would normally recommend to my patients to do, to try to deal with the depression and anxiety. So I went to therapy. And I tried medication and I made sure that I was eating a healthy diet. I was getting enough rest. And once I was medically able, I got back to physical exercise and all those things helped, but they weren't enough to take the depression or the anxiety away. And I remember crying out to God saying something's wrong because I'm doing everything I've told my patients to do for decades and it's helping, but it's not enough. So if you don't show me that missing link, I can't go back to being that doctor because I won't recommend something unless I know it works. And Kristen, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it was like I heard in my heart, unless you address the spiritual roots of disease, it's like you're putting a Band-Aid on an infection and hoping it gets well. And that was a light bulb moment because I had been addressing the physical, I'd been addressing the emotional, I'd been addressing the mental, but I had not been looking at the spiritual side of things. And once God started taking me on that journey and opening my eyes, everything changed. The depression went away, the anxiety went away. Now, not that there aren't still days that I have to go back to standing on what I did before and standing on God's truth, but he took me from being in such a pit that I wasn't sure I wanted to live to now today proclaiming every single day that today is a good day.
0: What a powerful testimony. As you're talking, I'm thinking of a couple of things. And one is for many individuals who have anxiety, I'm thinking of a few clients that I've had over the years as well as a therapist that have had medical issues associated with their anxiety and depression some having some pretty severe seizures that are all related back to the anxiety and, and what happens within our body when we are experiencing anxiety. And your example of your life story is a powerful and hard example of what anxiety and depression can do. But you're also talking about the generational spiritual aspect of it of how there are generational things that can happen. And we need to focus on things spiritually and not just the medical and the mind and the emotions, you know, the whole person needs to be addressed. And that's where God led you was, you know, you got to address the spiritual aspect as well. So could you tell us, just for us to get a good understanding, where does an anxiety begin? Does it start small? Is it different for everyone? And how can someone recognize it quickly?
1: Anxiety almost always starts small. But the problem is is that if we don't identify it for what it is and deal with it when it's small, anxiety will grow and take mm-hmm. up as much of our life as we give it access to. So for example, nobody ever wakes up one day Agoraphobic. It usually starts with something small. Like, for example, they might be flying somewhere and they've got five seconds of turbulence, but it's a frightening enough experience to them that then they may decide they're never going to fly again. And then something else will happen. And then they decide they're never going to take any public transportation again. And then they decide that they're never going to drive outside of their community. And then they decide they're never going to leave their neighborhood. And before long, they won't leave their house but it starts small. And if it's not recognized, it will grow. Now, people always ask me, well, where does anxiety come from? Is it genetic? Is it chemical? Where does it come from? And I would say yes to those things, but it's not that simple. If we look back in scripture, we can see that anxiety started in the Garden of Eden with the enemy who tried to shame Eve and get her to think To worry, to fear, to have anxiety that if she didn't do what the enemy said, she wouldn't be like God. And then once she took of that fruit, then he shamed her for it. Scripture very clearly tells us for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. That spirit of fear is at the root of all worry, fear, and anxiety. But just like you mentioned, if we don't address it, then there is a greater tendency that our children will struggle, not just because of a genetic component, but because as parents, we will model looking at the world through an anxious lens for our children. And then if they struggle and they don't address it, they will then do the same for their children. When I was in that pit with health compromise and depression and anxiety, I will tell you, once God showed me, what I needed to do to help participate in my own healing. Kristen, there were days that I told God, this is too hard. I'm just not sure I can do it today. But then I would see my children and realize, wait a minute, too much of my family's life has been stolen from my mother, from my aunt, from my grandmother, and from me. And I would look at my children and realize, this might feel like too much work for me. I may not feel like I'm worth it, but I would look at my kids and go, but this is going to stop in my generation. I'm going to do the work so that my children don't have to struggle with this because it is generational, but we have the power to stop it with our generation.
0: Absolutely. And helping individuals recognize that they are not anxiety that they may have anxiety, but anxiety is not their identity. And because when it becomes our identity, individuals struggle even more so to let go of it. And with the changes and things that take place in their life of the tools and, and everything to overcome it. And so individuals often feel helpless. With anxiety. I'm thinking right now in our nation of how much anxiety and, and that spirit of fear is rampant in our nation and in the world right now. And people are fearful of things. And would you agree that anxiety has basically gone through the roof, so to speak, in our nation right now?
1: Absolutely. When I wrote and released my latest book, Breaking Anxiety Script, How to Reclaim the Peace God Promises, that released in October of 2019. I had no idea we Mm. were going to walk into a pandemic in 2020. And at the time that I wrote the book, I said, anxiety is the common cold of mental illness. And what I mean by that is that we have come to accept anxiety as if it's just a foregone conclusion that we're going to struggle with it. We're going to come up against it just like we have come to accept and tolerate the winter cold, except that i no longer accept and tolerate that in Jesus' name. But then when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. those that were not previously obviously struggling with worry, fear, or anxiety have admitted that they may not say, I'm anxious, but their actions suggest it or their words convey that in fact, Even those who previously didn't struggle are now wrestling with worry, fear, and anxiety, wrestling over the state of our economy, over the potential that they could become ill, over the possibility of losing a job. I mean, you name it. We've been given lots of temptations to fall into worry, fear, and anxiety, but that's not God's portion for us. But what I love about God is that he doesn't shame us. He said in his word over 300 times, do not be afraid, be anxious for nothing, don't worry about tomorrow. He didn't say it to shame us. He told us that to remind us and to indicate to us he knew we would struggle. But the good news is, is that's not his best for us. He wants us to live from a place of his peace. And we can if we're willing to do the work.
0: Exactly. And, and we have to be willing to do the work. We have to be willing to change. There's a book I read years ago, Healing is a Choice. And it is a choice to do the work to step into that. I'm also thinking about, as you were talking about the increase, and when your book came out in 2019, that probably for the past three to four years of working with teens and adults, I have seen more teenagers and more children who have anxiety than in past years, that that is just increased. And so as a therapist, as a parent, I'm thinking of our listeners, they themselves may be struggling with anxiety, but their children could be struggling with anxiety as well. And you talked about that you wanted it to stop in your family, and you're doing the hard work for your family. What are some steps that somebody can take to recognize that anxiety originates from a spiritual influence and begin to use the weapons of power, love, and a sound mind to regain peace for themselves? But I'm also thinking they're modeling for their children as
1: well. Absolutely. Scripture tells us that our words have the power of life or death, blessing or cursing. And Christian, I'll tell you that when I start recognizing myself saying, what if, mm-hmm. that means I've given in to that spirit of fear. I've started to be anxious about something. And so I've had to learn that when I'm tempted to say, what if, or I'm not sure how I'm going to handle the situation, if I will flip it around and say, I may not know how I'm going to get through this, but God, this is a perfect setup for you to do what only you can do. You see, anxiety is really a misappropriation of our trust. If we're anxious about the economy, if we're worried about our health, it means that we're trusting in that diagnosis or we're trusting in that bank account instead of trusting in the one who promises to provide for all of our needs. So one of the best ways that we can defeat worry, fear, and anxiety is by increasing our trust in God. Now that that sounds all well and good, but the question I would be having if I was listening to this today is, but I trust God in so many things. How do I increase my trust in God? So I've developed an acronym for that, T-R-U-S-T. And the first T is to take God at his word. If we truly believe God's word, then we've got to stand on that word when we're tempted to trust. The R is to rest in God's presence and his promises. We've got to be spending time in God's word, renewing our minds and standing on the promises that he gives us. How many times does he say, Do not be afraid, be strong and courageous? I am with you and he is and the you is to understand that the outcome doesn't depend on us when god tells us to do something he wants our obedience but the outcome doesn't depend on us if we will do what he's asked us to do then we can trust him for the outcome that takes a lot of pressure off my shoulders and s is accept that god is sovereign i'm so glad that you brought up about our children Early on in the pandemic, I interviewed my son about how our kids and teens dealing with this, recognizing that how they deal with this pandemic is different than how we adults deal with it. And I'll never forget because my son started to say, well, you know, it's like you always say, mom. And I held my breath because I wasn't sure what <laughs> is it that he's going to say that I always say, you know, pick up your socks or what. But he said, mom. You always say this did not take God by surprise and he knows how he's going to get us through it. That's what I mean by accept that God is sovereign. God is not up in heaven wringing his hands, wondering, oh no, how am I going to get the world through this pandemic? Didn't take him by surprise. And nothing happens to us that doesn't first pass through his hands. So we've got to come back to trust him. He will work all things together for our good. And then that last T is turn to the testimony of previous experiences. And what I mean by that is, remember the other times that you've gone through that you were tempted to think, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. And recognize God has gotten you through every difficult circumstance before 100% of the time. So if he did it before, we can trust he's gonna do it now and again and again and again. And that trust acronym has helped me so much because when I'm tempted to get into worry fear, and anxiety, my prayer is, Lord, help me trust you more. I believe, help my unbelief. And we've seen that example in scripture, but this is how we build that trust muscle. And the more we trust, the less we become anxious, worried, and afraid.
0: Absolutely. As you were talking, I was thinking of one of the things that I often tell clients, and I tell them to myself as well all the time, no, the truth is. So when those anxiety-driven thoughts come into your mind, the truth is, and not what my thought is telling me, but what does God's truth say? God's word says to be anxious for nothing. So Lord, I'm asking right now for your peace that surpasses all understanding to come over me to turn God's scripture, his his promises to us, turn it into a prayer. And as we do that, we're doing one of the trust steps, probably two of the trust steps that you just mentioned there of holding on to God's promises and speaking back to that anxiety and telling it basically, no, you have no place here get
1: out of my house. You're not welcome, right? Absolutely. That's part of what I recommend to people all the time is you talk back to that fear. Tell it, no, you don't get to rule my day. God's going to govern my day. Yeah. It really does help. We've got to take control. Talk back to it. Tell it it does not have a place in your life. It is not welcome here.
0: Yeah. Often it's like, I'm such a visual person. So I always give these visual examples. It's like, Anxiety knocks on your door and you open the door invited into your living room, but anxiety never comes by itself. Anxiety brings all of its friends and its cousins. And before you know it, your life is completely overwhelmed. You're shut down, but you do have the ability to say, get out of my house, get out of my home, get out of my life. You are not welcome here anymore and they need to leave. But if we don't fight against that, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming what comes and hits us and the thoughts and and the fears. And like you said, it may start with a plane ride, but pretty soon we are isolated in our home and fearful to go and do anything. And many people today believe that anxiety is a way of life, that it's accepted as normal. And can you talk about this mindset, how to overcome it, and then to realize That it's not what God wants for us, and that God has something greater for each of our lives. I'm thinking of the individual listening right now who's saying, Yeah, but that's too hard, or you don't understand my life, you don't know what's going on. How can you help them today? What are some words of wisdom that you can share with them?
1: One of the things that I've noticed during this time is that anxiety often stems from feeling out of control of our circumstances. And by and large, this pandemic has has stripped us of a lot of areas of control. And what I've heard people say is, I have to. I have to work from home now. I have to homeschool my children. I have to wear the mask, and on and on and on. There are countless examples. But early on during this, I really cautioned friends and family members to shift that perspective from, I have to which leaves us feeling very out of control to, I get to. During this season, I would normally be on the road doing lots of speaking engagements. And because of the pandemic, that got canceled. So instead of, I have to stay home, I get to be at home and sleep in my own bed instead of running from gate to gate at the airport. With my son not being able to be in the classroom because learning has gone virtual, I get to Spend more time with my child than I might otherwise be able to. I get to be a little bit more creative in the kitchen with varying supplies. Sometimes things are available at the grocery store, sometimes they aren't. But what I've seen is that shift from I have to to I get to helps us to realize the blessings that we still have. If we are so focused on the lack, if we are focused on the negative, anxiety breeds there. But if we can be focused on the positive, focused on the blessings that we still have, focused on how God is providing, that helps increase our trust muscle. But it's also so important that we recognize God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness. And when it comes to anxiety, that scripture verse that we talked about earlier says, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind, He has given His children so much power—power power in our words, power from His Word, power from praying in agreement with His Word. And I could go on and on and on. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in His blood. So I mean, we could we could talk for hours just on on the power He's given us. But what I have found is when people allow anxiety to step in. They're speaking from a place of powerlessness, but God has given us his power to fight back. He's given us his perfect love that casts out all fear. So when we're feeling anxious, we're not truly accepting, receiving, and living in the perfect love God has for us. And God has said nothing will separate us from his love. And he's given us a sound mind. He's given us the mind of Christ. And when I think about when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him, just like Satan tempts us, Jesus's response was always, it is written. Mm -hmm. And then he quoted scripture because there is power in God's word. We can do the same thing. So when we're tempted to feel anxious, worried, afraid, depressed, discouraged, we can speak Scripture over our life and our circumstances. That's using the mind of Christ. Satan hates it when we do that. I don't have to be anxious for anything. But God says, instead, cast your cares on me. We're not meant to carry that. And when we do, it's by our own choosing. But we can choose to instead give our burdens to the Lord and say, I have no idea how you're going to get me through this, but I'm going to trust you to do it. That makes such a huge difference.
0: And I love your illustrations here and your examples, because you are giving us the power tools back in our hands, because, you know, changing that mindset of I have to, to I get to, and this season that we are in, which we're going to have other seasons in our life where maybe our anxiety can increase, it may not necessarily be a pandemic. But in life situations and circumstances that we're facing, when we change the narrative in our head to i get to then we're no longer in that powerless stance of what you're talking about and then if we add to that lord what are you trying to teach me in this season so then we're not shut down because how many of us shut down in life when circumstances come but you know we're changing that we're changing the narrative to no you don't control me anxiety i am god's daughter not to fret, and all the things that God's word says have a sound mind, as you talked about, then it's like, okay, Lord, in this season where I'm at home with my kids, and I'm not traveling and doing the speaking like I normally do, and I'm home with my son in his senior year, Lord, what is it you want to do in our life this year? because then we're turning it around and no longer that victim. And so I love your, your illustration, your examples there of changing that and transitioning. And my hope and prayer is for the listeners to grab a hold of that, that we are not powerless to anxiety. We are not anxiety. Anxiety is not our identity. And I see too many individuals in this world who struggle with anxiety, and they feel helpless to it. And they feel like, they have no control over it. And, well, I don't know if I wanna go to the store because my anxiety is there, or I don't like crowds, or I don't like to talk to people. Many teenagers now don't even like to talk on the phone because they have anxiety about the phone. And so that anxiety has just increased, but we do have power, like you talked about. We do have power to switch and change that narrative. And so the last few minutes that we have here, Dr. Michelle, right now, could you, Pray a prayer over those that are listening that are struggling with anxiety. Maybe they have children struggling with anxiety, but right now it just feels overwhelming. And maybe they, they're listening and they're saying, Yeah, on one side, but I don't know if I can do that. In the last few minutes, could you pray a prayer over those individuals?
1: I would be honored to. Father, I thank you for each one that you have drawn to this program today. I want to pray for each one who's within the sound of my voice. Father, you know what they're dealing with. You know what we as a country and the world are dealing with. But I'm so thankful, Lord, that it didn't take you by surprise. And you already know not only how you're going to get us through it, but how you're going to work all things together for good and for your glory. Father, thank you that you remind us in your word that you haven't given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us power, love, and sound mind. For those who are struggling with worry, fear, anxiety, doubt, discouragement, or depression, Father, would you remind them of the power that you give us as your children? Would you remind them of your perfect love that casts out all fear? And would you remind them of the sound mind, the mind of Christ that you've given us when you gave us the Holy Spirit to remind us of all truth. Help us, Lord, not to isolate, but to draw close to you. You promise that when we will seek you with our whole heart, that we will find you. And when we are anxious, there is no better place to turn than under the shelter of your wing. Father, remind us of the scriptural truths that you have given us to help combat worry, fear, anxiety, depression. Father, help us to learn through these trials that you are a good and faithful God, that you are completely trustworthy. And help us to look back on these times that we thought were so difficult and perfectly see your hand at work, that it might increase our faith And help give us the testimony to share with others of your goodness and your grace. Father, we love you. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love, that you don't shame us, that you don't condemn us, that you don't guilt us when we struggle with worry, fear, anxiety, or depression, but that you don't want that for us either, that you want for your children to live in your perfect peace. Help us to do that more and more day by day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen
0: amen what a powerful prayer and really everything that you have spoken today boils down to the word trust and the acronyms of how you used and explained that word dr michelle you have been amazing and insightful and filled with wisdom
1: how can people connect with you online and purchase your books they can find my website which is drmichelleb.com or i'm on all the social medias as Dr. Michelle Bankson, and and my books are available wherever books are sold. Hope Prevails, Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression, The Hope Prevails Bible Study, and the most recent one that we talked about today, Breaking Anxiety's Grip, How to Reclaim the Peace God Promises. And we talk more about these topics on my podcast, Your Hope-Filled Perspective with Dr. Michelle Bankson.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Michelle, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I would love to stay connected with you, so be sure to find me on Instagram and my Facebook page at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of Fully Restored spoke deep to your heart and that you believe and know that you now have some new tools to overcome anxiety in your life. Remember, friend, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with Jesus.